0: I'm Seven Investing Lead Advisor, Max Chatzko. This is my first podcast here, first time hosting the podcast at Seven Investing, rather. And I'm pleased to be joined by our friend, Across the Border. He's the co-founder and CEO of Hyacinth Bio, Kevin Chen. Kevin, how are things up in Montreal, man?
1: Montreal is is in okay shape. It's been an interesting time, I think, for everyone, but uh, we're doing all right up here sweet
0: yeah i mean uh, i visited montreal a couple years ago for some biotech conference and i loved it man you guys have like awesome beer great nightlife there's music in the park you guys have these like electric hybrid buses that charge themselves with robotic arms so i kind of town.
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's a good place and we at least kept the music in the park for in the park for the the whole the whole summer uh but the the nightlife is a, is a bit uh a bit harder to make work during this year i guess
0: Yeah. Music in the park. Great for uh, the current conditions, I guess. Another great thing about Canada, you guys really love your cannabis up there. You guys were uh, one of the first to deregulate it. You've built these regulations around the, uh, you know, the industry and you've been a global leader in getting the industry off the ground. So the industry's really matured in recent years. You know, we have publicly traded companies. Now there's multi-billion dollar deals there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on Um, but some inefficiencies still for how we grow cannabis and hemp and extract these cannabinoid ingredients whether it's for recreational use or pharmaceutical use so what are some of the uh, disadvantages of growing cannabis and hemp with uh, in greenhouses
1: yeah so um, at the heart of it like you're you're growing this plant it's going to take a few months to actually go from your your seed to your your actual plant there's all these processes around that you have to manage all your genetics and the environment all has to be really perfect and i think one of the special things about this plant in particular that makes it different from like you know tomatoes or apples or whatever else is like how much the uh environment and the genetics and uh the way that you handle the plants all kind of influence like the chemical components in the end so uh on one hand you know you could say it's uh yeah it's easy to grow a plant you can put it in the ground it'll, it'll, it'll grow you'll get something out of it uh but when it comes to making things that are like you know consistent and reliable and having supplies that are going to be available for like a pharmaceutical application for example um or even for like a cosmetic like brand and stuff you don't want to have like product recalls because you got like mold on your stuff or something like that right um all these things uh become really really difficult to, to manage with this this plant in particular
0: Yeah, it's tough to grow, uh, tough to manage the growing conditions. It's tough to get real good quality control. And uh, that affects like how we extract these ingredients later once the plant's grown. Uh, And that affects product formulations. Um, It's tough to have much consistency uh, and and build trust with consumers if uh, you can't guarantee that you have the right quantity, the right potency of the ingredient that is supposed to be the active ingredient uh so hyacinth bio has a pretty interesting solution to that uh so what does hyacinth bio do
1: yeah so our our basic uh premise is to uh create strains of yeast that will produce cannabinoids um so that means that you've got like a i mean it's similar to like a baker's yeast it's a a yeast you grow it with sugar and water um it'll take about six days to grow in a big steel tank at the end of those days you uh pipe that into like a purification system uh, and at the end of that you're you're isolating purified THC or purified CBD or whatever other cannabinoid that you're interested in uh, in in working with um, and and the goal there is to kind of like you know it's it's a there's this funny idea of like tradition in like what's more traditional, and not traditional. And like cannabis is kind of traditionally grown. Like you grow cannabis. Um, Industrial fermentation is also very traditional. Like there's industrial fermentation like everywhere in the world. Uh, And and you could argue that it's older than maybe growing cannabis or something. Like, I don't know. Uh, But either way, we're trying to take advantage of industrial fermentation as like a traditional and established manufacturing practice. uh, And then use that to make these really, really interesting products that uh, are normally only found in the cannabis plant.
0: Yeah, right. So it's a way to like whack down a lot of the process steps, we have more control over the growing conditions. It's a lot easier to manage like temperature, uh, light a yeah. factor obviously in a steel bioreactor, but um, yeah, we can get more consistent product quality. We can also get uh, much higher volumes with a smaller footprint, right? Um, like what would maybe a, a commercial scale industrial biotech facility be able to pump out maybe per year or I don't know what the metric might be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it depends on how big your tanks are. I mean, these things go up to uh, hundreds of thousands of liters. And, uh, you know, if you think about a good, you know, analogous case is the production of uh, insulin where, you know, that's something that has to be uh, done on a global scale, like, you know, serving millions of people um, and and always has to have like, you know, consistent back records, consistent support supply like no contamination like there's there's very you know strict constraints around that that production process uh and that's kind of what we want to create for the the cannabinoids which are also going to be like revolutionary medicines and health and wellness products um so so you're absolutely right like all these all these things like you know we know how to do this consistently we know like if this industrial fermentation is, is a backbone already of like a lot of uh our products today in, in both consumer products and in pharmaceutical products um and uh, uh we really like yeah, there's, there's so little risk involved in the the batch process that you can actually, you know, this, this makes sense. And, uh, I mean, square footage wise, if you wanted to like, look at that, then it's, uh, you know, acres of cannabis greenhouse space, uh, but down to like a few thousand square feet kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And, um, another interesting thing, you know, with industrial biotech, um, you know it's kind of had this difficult road so far but um like at first a lot of companies targeted these big markets they looked at the volumes of the products that were around right so everybody went to like fuels transportation fuels and then they you know oh it's a multi trillion dollar market yeah well there's a reason for that it's really hard to do that with biology and then they kind of like overcorrected, and everybody went to the opposite end of the spectrum and they picked these like super niche tiny little rare ingredients, we make you know, one metric ton a year globally. And they said, Oh, well, biology can do this now. And it's, you know, $10,000 a kilogram or something. Uh, And then that doesn't work out either, because you make one batch, and then it sits on a shelf, and you sell it kind of slowly. So I think, you know, cannabinoids are at this sweet spot of, you know, there's this huge market, uh, recreationally, so there's, there's, it's a valuable product. And there's some unique pain points in, you know, cultivating plants. industrial biotech can really solve so uh it's kind of a it's a good market for industrial biotech to kind of dust itself off a little bit this like next generation industrial biotech right not like lactic acid for food or ethanol but uh you know more like synthetic biology
1: yeah um i was gonna add um, add a quick comment to that i guess you're you're absolutely right and it's been nice to kind of you know see you every now and then over the years and uh and kind of watch the space kind of develop um i mean for us we started in 2014 uh which is right around i think the tail end maybe of when like biofuel stuff was really like cutting back right um and uh and we saw this opportunity in, in cannabinoids uh at the time is like you know i was pretty naive about uh most things because it's my first company and was just coming out of a bachelor's degree basically so uh, <laughs> i just kind of jumped in and, and went to see how it was uh and and yeah a lot of these things lined up uh but even even still there's some like you know of course there's some risk involved with the cannabis like market itself and all this like other complications uh but at the heart of it you know we found a really nice interesting like natural product that can be made using a yeast uh and that has this like market potential that that's defined and even like you know FDA approved products that are that are out there already so it's definitely past the point of you know ultra niche like fragrance or flavor stuff uh and uh definitely uh you know not going to fall into the same uh problem as with biofuels where it's like oh it's like kind of large scale volume thing uh that like yeah and we're not gonna it's like fees it's feasible to like you know the cost metrics start to work out they start to make sense uh you know it's not like a industrial chemical kind of industry right
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I've talked to some of the uh, flavor and fragrance companies who've partnered, you know, with a lot of synthetic biology companies or industrial biotech, and uh, they have some colorful things to say about synthetic biology, but we won't get into any of that. So (laughs) Um, sticking with the ingredients though, um, so you guys are working on CBD oil initially, you just became the first to market out of any company uh, to do this with a cultured cannabinoid. And some competitors, there's a, a number of companies trying to develop, you know, cultured cannabinoids, but they're working on a different ingredient. It's called CBG, right? The, uh, I think it's a precursor to CBD oil, but yeah. there's some differences in the market and maybe how that might be formulated. So what are some of the differences between, you know, CBD and maybe a less established market like CBG?
1: Yeah, it's, uh. Uh, I guess it, it, you almost just said it, it's like it's kind of a less established opportunity um, where with with CBD, it's been around, uh, it has the FDA approved products like on the market today. Um, there's really clear growth and like interest in that product in particular um, from a consumer end uh, and ultimately from like a, you know, branding and and cosmetics and, and pharmaceutical development end as well. Um, and then CBG is interesting because it uh, starts to fit in the category of like, you know, things that we know exist in the plant, but the plant isn't very good at making. And therefore, like, it kind of makes sense to try and have a yeast do this stuff. Um, however, the trade-off there is that, you know, you're, as a company, uh, you know, you want to try and sell CBG and then you kind of have to ask yourself, like, okay, who's going to buy it and for what purpose? And then uh, there's some research out there for uh, CBG and and where it might be used. Uh, but it's all, all very early days, uh, whereas, like, CBD has been around for, you know, uh, long enough that there's, there's clear use cases for it. Right. And, and, yeah, that and that's sense, another I guess... great
0: thing about this market.
1: I mean, they're... no, <laughs> okay. I was, was going to just add briefly, like it's, uh, uh, and that's one, of, I mean, at the heart of it, that's one of the key advantages of like industrial fermentation and doing the synthetic biology stuff is that, you know, you can have a yeast that will produce CBG. You can have another yeast that produces CBD um, and, uh, and for us, you know, as a company, as a strategy, like, you know, we've of course chosen CBD as maybe one of our lead targets. Um, but we still have the full range of cannabinoids like behind us where it's like, you know, we're looking for those market opportunities with these new cannabinoids with these more rare ones. Uh, and then there's like a long list of, uh, com- you know, compounds there that, uh, uh, we have kind of on the back burner, like ready to bring to the front whenever the timing is right.
0: Yeah, well, that's perfect. That was actually what I was just going to say. So, um, you know I think this is another interesting market <laughs> how many cannabinoids are there there's like a uh, hundred or something right there's there's a lot dozens hundred something like that
1: yeah I think I think people are saying over a hundred fifty nowadays uh I think when we first started uh, it was something like a hundred seventeen and there's like you know people were keeping track of exactly how many uh, and now now I think people are saying more like ah oh, it's over 150 like something something huge number
0: <laughs> we'll stop counting at 150 yeah. that sounds good to me. But yeah, there's so many options. And with developed markets like THC and CBD, I mean, it's a great way for industrial biotech to kind of get on its feet. There's established markets. You get there, you get your business going. And then you can kind of go and create newer markets uh, once you're already established. I think that was one of the flaws initially in industrial biotech, you know? We thought, oh, we'll make this new fuel molecule. And then you have to go make a new market for that fuel molecule or or this
1: ingredient. And
0: eh, it just kind of seemed like not the best way to start off, you know?
1: totally and that's like uh i mean it's a common problem in maybe tech in general like startups in general you kind of have to figure out your product market fit in the end right um and with this industrial biotech there's a lot of investment in the r&d portion of things um and if you're doing investment and risk in the r&d as well as in your market then like you start to have like these yeah funny problems right
0: yeah i used to call it uh lab tricks you know people would come out and say, aha, we made the yeast and it makes this thing and it's going to do that. And it's like, I don't know, man. I don't think there's a market for it yet. And um, it tended to prove true. A lot of companies kind of went bankrupt or uh, have pivoted 700 times. So we'll see how it goes. I think the fields overall though, kind of, there's still a lot of hype, but it's maturing and people are, we're getting better at it, I think, hopefully.
1: Definitely. I think so
0: for sure, yeah. So uh, Hyacinth Bio recently was the first to market. You guys, uh, you have a strategic partnership with Organigram Holdings, which is a publicly traded company. So what does your roadmap look like? I mean, you hit this milestone now, it's, you know, second half of 2020. Um, The next year or two, it looks like scaling up that process and uh, getting more product to market.
1: Essentially, yeah. Um, And broadly speaking, uh, is... uh, um uh i need to close my slack i'm getting messages that are like <laughs> important things that i'm waiting to hear back on i'm like oh yes good news um <laughs> you'll hear about it tomorrow uh so uh the uh um what was I gonna say so the yeah for, for for the next year or so um so yeah we've got our got our first sales down um and that's really nice to kind of like you know hit that ball out of the park Um, now we can kind of like keep growing that, you know, those sales and, uh, expanding those opportunities. Um, I would say broadly speaking, like, you know, we started out this mission where like, uh, we saw this huge opportunity in cannabinoids as, you know, globalized health products where, you know, you're, you know, maybe you're even replacing aspirin, like as like a product that, you know, it's like, here's a thing that you can use for migraines that like, you know, might work better. And actually in a lot of cases, people are like, oh yeah, you know, cannabis or CBD is the way to go for uh for migraines. Um so we wanna we still want to get there. Uh and the steps towards getting there are going to include, you know, scaling up our process. Um they're going to include forming uh more strategic relationships with different companies who have these like focuses on like maybe treating certain types of cancer, maybe treating epilepsy, maybe treating pain, maybe going into like cosmetic products. Um, and we ultimately want to become like you know, enable them to create those products uh, and to scale those products. Um, Because right now I feel like a lot of conversations that I have with major brands uh, go in the direction of like, uh, yeah, we're interested in cannabis. Like we've heard about it. Maybe they have investigated it, but they they don't want to jump in. Know, and there's there's all this controversy around the ingredient there's all this controversy even from uh like the fda putting out a report uh just uh you know a few months ago where it was uh like half the products on the cannabis you know hemp cbd market like don't have cbd in them kind of thing you know like that that's not what you really <laughs> want to be a part of uh especially when you're like a major brand and you, you you know you'll 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 lose billions of dollars maybe from this kind of fallout um so we really want to really want to target those those opportunities and target those those risks and say like you know well we our system fundamentally is different. Uh, it's fundamentally more consistent. It's fundamentally more sustainable, um, and these are all like really, really, really great things that uh, a brand or a pharmaceutical company or a clinical trial can can actually rely on. Um, so that's uh, forming those key relationships will be important for the next few months at least, uh, and then uh, of course scale up is going to be a, another one of the things that we get done.
0: Yeah, is so in your conversations with companies. I mean, are they are they seeing it? Are they seeing the potential of cultured cannabinoids? Um, and you know, do they just want to see it kind of like show me, don't tell me kind of thing? Like they want to see this be commercialized first before they kind of jump in. Uh,
1: it's uh, I would say it's a mix of things. I think in the in the end, um, <laughs> yeah. If I think back to some of the conversations I had in the early days in like 2014 when we started out, it was like. You know, people didn't believe it was possible. Basically, it's like, yeah, sure. You know, get a yeast to produce this stuff. Uh, good luck or something like that, right? Um, but now we've done it, and that's that's uh, I think where you know the bar is starting to move, where like, you know, we can send samples. We can actually like, you can hold it in your hands physically. Like, we've got the yeast. We can send it to a facility uh, and have it be manufactured. Um, and we've proven all that all that out now. Uh so so we're we're past that point of of speculation and now it's gonna be like you know really exciting to see what happens next.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean there's like I said, there's so much um so many like tailwinds for for this to be a, a great market for industrial biotech. Um, you know, and I think one of the markers of success for the field and living technology is um when we drop these prefixes, right? So like I always use this example of ethanol. Well, and you know, uh, we used to make ethanol as a byproduct of like petroleum refining processes, right? We made very small quantities. We didn't really use it how we use it today where it adds oxygen to transportation fuels. Um, But then in like 2005, I think was the first iteration here in the United States of the renewable fuel standard. And it just created this whole industry for, well, yeah, we're gonna make ethanol through fermentation now. But it's funny to me that if you look back at like the first regulations or articles, it's always referred to as bioethanol. And it's like, it looks funny now, right? Because we just kind of dropped the bio prefix. Because to us, it's like, well, yeah, no, like, how else would you make it? You know, it's, it's, it's a biological product. So I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, um, I mean, obviously cannabinoids are a natural product. So is ethanol. But I'm curious if, you know, one day we'll drop that cultured cannabinoids or all the funny things we put before it. And just like, well, yeah, we make it through yeast. Like, how else would we make this stuff?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's almost like, uh, uh, I imagine, uh, looking at, again, like an analogy like insulin where it's like, oh, just call it bioinsulin. It's like, it's always bio, like there's never non-bioinsulin or something like that. It's always, you know, cannabinoids is the same thing. And, And we've, uh, had a lot of internal brainstorming on, yeah, what, uh, what words you could use, uh, in this case. Um, and even like some, I would say we've some, some successful experiments, some failed experiments in terms of how we should call these things. Um, but biosynthesis seems to be like a word that's starting to stick around at least the, uh, investor world. Um, or I, I like the word cellular agriculture as well, uh, but that, I think that's not quite as popular. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we'll see, uh, cultured is, and yeah, cultured cannabinoids, like we'll see how long that one sticks around or maybe we'll, uh, we'll switch that over eventually. But, um, uh, again, the, the dream has always been like a bit of like, you know, where, where we fit on like a bottle or where we fit on the shelf in a pharmacy uh, uh, is going to be, um, you know, hopefully closer to that, like aspirin kind of feel. It's something that's there. It's, it's there. It doesn't, it's not like it's a special technology thing. It's not like a niche, like, oh man, like got to get the new like bio stuff or whatever. It's, it's just, it, it's what it is. Uh, it's the standard. And then maybe the niche is more like the cannabis thing where it's like, oh, I have to get, you know, the cannabis leaf because that's what I want to use. Um, or a uh, cannabis flower, I should actually correct myself or else I'll get called out. Um, uh, <laughs> like some people will still still want to use cannabis in that way for recreational use and whatever else. Uh, and that'll become more of a niche. Whereas like the standard for how cannabinoids are used is coming from like our process essentially.
0: Yeah, I did some early work on the the messaging of like SynBio, and there, like you said, there's this crazy, like alphabet soup of words, and there's like 17 words for everything, and everyone's trying to figure out which one or three fit. Um, but you guys, yeah. you guys have always been pretty pretty good at it. I've always been impressed by Hyacinth Bio and your messaging, um, and even on your website, if anyone wants to check it out, you guys have a great uh, animated. Um, you know, animation of how the process works and and the benefits of it. So definitely encourage people to check that out. Um, so sticking with that for our wrap up question here, industrial biotech, like we said, it's kind of had this, you know, um, at least next generation industrial biotech has had this kind of difficult road in the last decade or so. So outside of cannabinoids, what are some products that you think have this a good or a good fit for, uh, you know, what, what we just said, there's great economics, there's great uh, pain points that we can solve with industrial biotech. Does anything stand out?
1: Other products than, than cannabinoids, I guess. Um, yeah, or is that it? Think. Just cannabinoids? Yeah, you know, just cannabinoids. It's the only thing that exists. <laughs> no, I guess there's there's a few ideas oh, yeah. that, are, that are really um, interesting coming up now. Uh, I mean, I'm a super fan of like Perfect Day stuff. Like, you know, we started around the same t- time as they did, uh, and and I'm sure you're f- probably familiar with their story a bit too. Um, and that's like, uh, uh, it, uh. it's it also sits on this borderline of like kind of you know, it's milk, it's it's kind of a lower cost ingredient, but uh, it seems like that might actually work out in the end. Um, and then uh, uh, I guess there's the whole like alternative protein space, which is all kind of it strays away from like the metabolic engineering that we do and starts to get into more like fermentation technology and other things, which is exciting. Um, So there's a lot of potential there for that. Um, And then uh, I'm also really excited about uh, getting into things that uh, can't be made using uh, uh, a uh, chemical process or from like a natural process. So like, for example, like we have a series of cannabinoids that like, you know, modifications that we've done uh, using our biological system that can't be done using a chemical system, it can't, you know, obviously don't occur naturally. Uh, and those are going to become unique products one day. Uh, and I think there's similar, you know, some of the newer synthetic biology companies are heading that direction where it's like, oh, you know, there's going to be these new and interesting opportunities that are going to be especially for uh, a biotechnology kind of, you know, synthetic biology approach. Um, and that's really exciting, too.
0: Yeah, I agree. And like, even, you know, I think like with the biofuels thing or other products they've used, I mean, I always thought, well, why aren't we just using this for like, well, where does biology have an advantage? You know, let's take advantage of enzymes and proteins and, and metabolic processes. So um, I agree with you. I think uh, hopefully com- there's more companies starting down that road now. So that's encouraging. Yeah, totally. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for joining me here today. Does uh, Hyacinth Bio have a Twitter handle or anything? People can do, are, are Canadians allowed on Twitter? I'm not really sure.
1: <laughs> no, the, we uh... we ban that here. After I don't know. <laughs> no, Twitter's allowed. Actually, I don't even. We might still keep TikTok. I don't even know if that's going to become a Canadian uh, security concern too. Um, but anyways, no, we do we do have a Twitter handle. Uh, it's at Hyacinth Bio. Uh, we do tweet once in a while. Um, but definitely check out our website. Definitely check out the uh, the animation that you mentioned. That's like a really cool uh you know piece to scroll through and, and see how what the project looks like at least from a uh in some exp- abstraction um and uh yeah feel free to reach out great man hope to have you back <laughs>